scattered thoughts unfiltered is a podcast with real conversations and real people brought to you by the moors with your hosts davion and leilani good afternoon good afternoon guys how you doing i'm your host davion this is scattered thoughts unfiltered brought to you by the moors i have my beautiful wife today leilani in the building go ahead and say hi hello and today we have some awesome guests in the building. We have our family in the building. Go ahead and introduce yourselves, Eric. Hi, I'm Erica. I'm <laughs> cousins with Lilani and Davian. Nice. <laughs> and I'm here with my husband. And I'm the husband, Martin. <laughs> Martin. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, roll it off the tongue. Martin. Alrighty, guys. So we're happy to have you guys in the building. Thank you guys for coming on this episode of Scattered Thoughts Unfiltered. Pretty much in these podcasts, we're going to be discussing cannabis, family values, music. Today's episode happens to be covering family values slash dietary. Go ahead and tell the people about yourself a little bit, Erica. Okay, so I am vegan. Our family's vegan. Vegan lifestyle. Um, vegan. <laughs> plant-based. I don't know. Vegan, plant-based. And for work, I'm an artist. I do what's called birth work and (laughs) getting these babies out. Yeah. So I support women mostly in like the emotional side after I encapsulate placentas and make them into pills for those who choose to ingest them. And I also do childbirth education and my art is related to basically affirming the period of life that women are birthing and being mothers. Nice. Can you explain to our viewers what placenta is exactly and how that goes about? Yes. So the placenta is pretty much the only organ in your body that is created and then expelled. So the placenta is developed after the fetus is developed and it supports the nutrition and the life that is the baby growing inside. And then once the baby's born, the placenta is also born so the body doesn't need it anymore. And then since the baby is going to be sustained with life after through breast milk or formula and then eventually food, the placenta is not needed in the body. So the body's really smart to get rid of it, but it still holds nutritional value. I don't know nutritional is the right word, but it still holds value after birth. So you can either leave it attached to the baby for a few days until it falls off naturally, which is called a lotus birth. Or if you want to utilize it for the mother, you can encapsulate it and take it as pills every day until the pills run out. And that's supposed to help with a ton of things emotionally and physically. And it's kind of based on like traditional healing methods as well, like indigenous and traditional Chinese medicine and animal instinct. Not all animals, but a lot of animals ingest their placenta. Oh, interesting. Um, so we've found a way to, to safely do it, and it's said to help a lot of women. How long have you been practicing this for? About a year and a couple months. What so made you decide to go about year. what made you decide to go for this? So I was actually on the route to being a doula. Doula is a support person when the woman is in labor, giving birth, and then in the postpartum period. Postpartum just means after birth. So I was on the route to being a doula, but it it was really strenuous on our family, just the type of schedule and the amount of time that you're away from your family. Okay. And I'm super passionate about supporting 
women during this time because it's such an odd time, like emotionally for a woman. It's beautiful, but it's it's really weird because your body's going through so many like hormonal changes. Emotionally, like your identity is just clashing with different roles you have, you know. How did you go about adjusting to that during your pregnancy? <laughs> a lot of crying. <laughs> a lot of crying. <laughs> a lot of leaning on people for support. You know, reaching out to my doula. I had a postpartum doula. She's amazing. And she's actually my business mentor as well. Nice, nice. So with her help, I was able to understand the journey that my life was taking as now a mom and in this new career that I started these things simultaneously birthing a daughter and and a new career and a, a Ooh, business challenging it was all in the same the same like time period and so that was you know that was a big decision to to leave doula work in a separate kind of pocket and just focus on different avenues of still supporting people who are giving birth but not being a doula okay nice mm, yeah nice going towards the husband now <laughs> Tell the folks what you do and how you make an impact on everyday lives. Right. So I work for the Boys and Girls Club. Nice. Um, I attended the clubs when I was younger. And nah, man, it just stuck with me. It made a positive impact. I saw, I met a lot of beautiful people through there. And when I moved back from college, it just was there. So I applied, worked there for a couple of years. And that's left, how we met. And that's how we actually nice. met. We I remember the location. Yeah. you had the whole family together. You had Gabe there for a while yeah. doing work. I remember <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so we met through there and then I left and then now I'm back. I've been back for about six months and my job is to go out and recruit members. Nice. And yeah. you've been doing this for how long? Six months. About. Six months. Yeah. Okay. And Besides the um, Boys and Girls Club, what else do you do? I know oh, I coach. So like, nice. I coach soccer. So right now I coach club, but I also coach varsity soccer at and the high school level. What's your soccer club name? Albion. Shout out to Albion. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Kick Albion. Kick ass. Yeah. And then I also coach at Mojave High School. Nice. So you're mm -hmm. a jack of all trades. You do everything, don't you? Pretty Coaching, <laughs> boys, mentor, mm -hmm. husband, father. <laughs> nice yeah. shit. So how do you feel about your wife pursuing you know, these things that she's doing as far as the name birth, birth, work. Birth, birth, work. birth, work, birth, work. So prior to her getting pregnant, we were having multiple discussions about like what avenues we should pursue as far as like birthing come like would go to because we didn't like traditional birth. Okay. Like hospital, like it's okay. We done it. Like I was born like that. A lot of my other people were born like that, but it just seemed weird. Like it seemed like it was a very rushed operation like there was really no emotional support no spiritual support and it operates like a business honestly because you know hospitals are businesses so they really don't support women during the birthing process in the same way that this holistic birthing process does nice let me ask you guys a question did your diet play a role into deciding this as well because i know were you guys were vegan during a pregnancy correct mm -hmm. yeah, did that play a role vegan. in deciding <laughs> how do you go about giving birth to your daughter who's beautiful by the way thank you we're crazy about her <laughs> i think everybody is <laughs> um yes and no it was something we felt if we were to go the hospital route that we might have to defend as far as procedures that we may not have agreed with due to living a more holistic and plant-based lifestyle as far as the dietary side of it 
I mean, they have vegan options, like hospital food. So, okay. How was that food? <laughs> hot garbage. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I vegan food was hot so, garbage. yeah, like, disclaimer, we did end up needing to go to the hospital. But, yeah, the food was gross. It was not... It didn't feel nutritious. Yeah. Even though it, like, it, you saw vegetables on your plate, it just, it didn't feel nutritious. It didn't feel, like, nourishing after. Um, I was in Libra for 60-something hours. It didn't replenish my, my body's needs. And, you know, you're in a hospital, you think that that would. Definitely. I mean, they have, like, dietitians mm-hmm. and nutritionalists. Yeah. So you'd think that they'd have mm-hmm. some kind of knowledge in order to be able to provide those <laughs> <A little silence. laughs> Those needs. <laughs> we'll see. We're gonna hit them with the. So that's awesome. That's cool. So um, we're talking about diets, things like that. You guys mentioned that you are vegan. How long have you guys been vegan for? Um, and what started you guys on this path of vegan? Vegan. I'll let him answer. Yeah. So we were three years in. Uh, we're going to be three years, right? Um, man. You just sit there and do a lot of research, and it's not really difficult to find like the benefits of being a vegan. Um, we didn't necessarily ride this like hippie wave or this hipster wave of how to be vegan. Like you, you did due diligent research on it, and you find that it's your body can't process meat. Like it can't, yeah. <laughs> it can't. You know, like that's why when people get like one of those colonoscopies when they shove the camera up to, uh, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's not <laughs> that's how people, yeah, we're not but, censored. Yeah, we're not censored. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, they, they shove it up the ass, and it's like you see all this like build up there. Um, a lot of it's from processed food as well that that, that tacks onto it, but a lot of it is meat, like. In Western society, I don't know how much meat, but like, uh, like when you were eating meat, did you have to have meat with every meal? Like oh, chicken, eggs, yes. mm-hmm. everything steak, I did, I had meat. Something, right? Everything. Yeah. So like, like, could you could you imagine like how like the damage that does on the body? Because again, your body can't process what that means. Is like your body can't digest all that meat, so you're gonna be backed up, but you're still eating it. So now you're keeping like you keep putting a bunch of shit that your body can't dispose of. Did you guys go body. cold turkey? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, I was like, yo, she was already vegetarian and I was like, you know, like, I want to try this vegan lifestyle. Let's give it a week. After a week, next day, cold turkey. Nice, nice. And what's been the biggest things that help you guys shoot, like, um, continue the vegan lifestyle? I know here in Vegas, we have lots of options mm-hmm. as far as restaurants to go to. When those restaurants aren't available and you're at home, What's one of the main dishes you cook to go to meals for vegan? Pasta. 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 Wife does a lot of pasta, beans, <laughs> rice. Rice and beans. Rice and beans. Rice and beans. Rice and beans. It's really not that difficult. People make it like a big deal. Like, you know, what do you guys eat? It's like, like everything you're eating without the Where do you get your protein from? Oh, yeah. that's your And the body doesn't even need that much protein to begin with. The like, human body. So, it's just funny. It's yeah. just weird. Like... My love, what's your go-to meal when it's time to cook a vegan? When I come home, I'm like, I'm hungry. <laughs> oh, man. What's your first thought? For you, hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely learned to put some Beyond Beef patties in my freezer. Whenever I, need I need a burger. Right, you. <laughs> need a burger. Need my burger fix. Um, for me, personally, I don't like eating the same meal too often. So I have to be really creative and that's where I get stuck too because of my schedule being so up and down day and night and literally overnight sometimes. My schedule is really hard to work with. 
with the lifestyle as in cooking at home more. Mm -hmm. But we do depend on a lot of vegan options around the town, Mm -hmm. which is super awesome because, I mean, we're around the same time. It's been about three years since we've been vegan as well. So since the very beginning, we have seen so many more options come out, a lot of expansion in the city of like community wise, like there's a lot of online support, Facebook type of conversations Mm -hmm. that go on and those groups yeah. so whenever, we're all involved in that group i think, I think. we're all in that yeah. group. i don't know yeah. if you're He's in not on facebook. <laughs> yeah, I'm not but on facebook i was telling him about the drama yeah, yeah. I see from that last shit. week the, the modern <laughs> the vegan, modern vegan. <laughs> that shit's crazy like oh, i like off the we jump i didn't like that place, place. from the, the first time we saw she it. didn't like it much either yeah. i just so my it was funny because i was reading it and i was like oh my god like we figured it out before yeah. like anyone had even said anything and that's what's crazy because like you can feel things you go into places and you can feel like mm, this is not right it's a little off mm-hmm. and not even just that but we like the pricing was just crazy for us yeah. 30 dollars for a fucking burger and shit yeah. and we felt like it was like food like garden like yeah, that we can make it by ourselves mm-hmm. so yeah who are you saying about Sorry. the food <laughs> it, it just wasn't basically the same mm-hmm. thing just you could i could pop it in the out of the freezer and into the microwave myself yeah. i'm not gonna pay 10 extra dollars and hey i'm sorry but i did like the macaroni cheese <laughs> so let me ask you guys this question being <laughs> vegan we all are vegan here what's the most difficult part about going out to a restaurant with family and not having those options to eat how do you guys go about choosing the food is it difficult is the servers pretty helpful with that are they do they go out their way to tell you what's in those items I think everybody tries to do their best to, yeah. like, be as knowledgeable, like, at restaurants whenever we do ask for accommodations. But we just try to keep it simple. Like, if we can get rice, beans, a salad with no protein french or fries. french fries, something like that. It's like, okay. It varies. Obviously, we don't go out with our family if they're going to, like, a chain, mm-hmm. like, Chili's, Applebee's, because there's no options. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's awkward just sitting there. Everybody's yeah. eating. You're like... Like, even their... I think I read Chili's tortilla chips. So if we wanted to go get, like, chips and salsa, like, we couldn't because their tortilla chips have a seasoning that has beef extract in it. Mm-hmm. And... Um, just for fucking flavoring. Yeah. yeah. That's the weirdest thing. And sometimes even just for coloring. Like, mm-hmm. so our family's been super inclusive with us about it. They don't really like to go to full vegan restaurants with us because they just feel like it limits their options but they're open to it and a lot of times they will try to find a restaurant that is um, vegan friendly yeah Yeah. vegan friendly not just has vegan options but has like an actual vegan menu nice nice I think it's been a transition for our family in general, mm-hmm. especially both of us being yeah. vegan. Yeah. I remember in the, well, you were vegan for a little bit and then yeah. had started consuming meat again and then went vegan. Yeah, again. in high school I was vegetarian. Okay, mm-hmm. so I remember like the family at first kind of being like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we're Mexican. Yeah. That was Why? my next point. I was going to let the viewers know, give somebody about who you guys are so they mm-hmm. could, you know dive further into it understanding how it's difficult for the family to support that you know i don't know how it is being i'm black (laughs) i don't know how it is being you know mexican with vegan lifestyle especially from what i see Mm -hmm. it's a lot of meat things like that being consumed so how was it adjusting adjusting to that from your heritage like you know Gorni asada, chicken, mm-hmm. all these things. Why are you going away? You dug in too. You're black. <laughs> <laughs> you got that oxtail. 
fried Come chicken. <laughs> I know they put some chicken stock in them collard greens. <laughs> yes, I agree. It's been difficult, especially for me. It has been difficult because yeah. I can sit here and say I don't go around my family that often. Mm-hmm. To you know, it's not a challenge for me because I don't go around my family that much. Yeah, and only because they're not as supportive as mm-hmm. you guys' families are with the whole transition to be vegan. My family, they look at me like, oh, your whole life, oh, you're being somebody you're not. They don't like give me mm-hmm. shit like that. There's just little smart comments they make and I just don't need that in my life. So I choose when I, it's time to eat my meals, not to hang out with my family. Your mom's been super cool yes, though. My she's, mom. She's definitely yes, I transitioned into more healthy yes uh less con- consuming of meat she yeah. i think she's on i think she even says she might be cutting out she fish just cut she, i think oh, she's yeah. just on turkey and turkey and i think something like just turkey that's good yeah. you know so yeah. she's she's trying so shout out to my mom she is supportive with my feet my mom's supportive of everything I, I think most parents are supportive on everything you do <laughs> he laughed what was, that, what was that slap for his parents are they're just all I, my mom is more supportive, like, in the same sense. Like, okay. My mom, like, she doesn't necessarily, like, agree with it, but she does try to do her part. Like, she cooks, like, she'll make beans for us, for example, without any lard, mm-hmm. rice. That's my mother-in-law as well. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Carmen, she, has, she like, does the same thing. She makes soups. Like, so our daughter's vegan, too, so my mom also cooks food for her, accommodating her needs as well. Yeah. Um, They're that's really my next question. Mm-hmm. I think only once on accident we found out that they took her to breakfast and they ordered her a side of vegetables. Yeah, they should like broccoli. Yeah, but she she ate pancakes. Oh. So they didn't know because no like you don't you, you don't can't, ask they if they can't you're speak not... because it's a baby. Yeah. You're like, Oh, do you are you vegan? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's been like really innocent things. So and... how is that? You guys raise a vegan daughter. Mm-hmm. How is that going? It's great. It's yeah. a lot of fun. I mean, I walk around, I see a bunch of fat babies. And oh, I was like, yo. <laughs> and I was like, yo, the reason you're the overweight is you, yeah. I mean, yeah. I have the choice. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. And I was like, yo, like, I get it. Yeah. Just it's been, well, we're doing extended breastfeeding too. Mm-hmm. So there's just not that concern of if she's meeting certain milestones, like physical milestones. When you're a new parent and the first, like, I want to say 10 years of your kid's life, you're very like, you know, you want to make sure that they're meeting all these things their whole life. But it's <laughs> it's really like parents obsess mm-hmm. with the babies. So if there's like a weight, uh, what is it called? Like a, a weight, chart, basically. weight chart and new parents. And I know this from working with new parents <laughs> are very obsessed that their kids are in the spectrum of what is a healthy weight. They don't want their kids below. They'd rather their kids above. And Nasia's always been, Nasia's our daughter, she's always been right at the cusp of a healthy weight. She's slender. Like, she's, she's not a normal, like, rolly, like, chubby Pudgy baby. baby. Yeah. She's super active and she nurses a lot, <laughs> which is why I'm always tired. <laughs> and she eats a lot and yeah. she eats very minimally processed. You know, sometimes we'll have a top ramen and she likes noodles. She really enjoys carbs. Like she likes toast and avocado toast and yeah, (laughs) bun. And we've been slowly introducing sweets, but Mm -hmm. trying to keep those minimally processed as well. 
So we eat all our vegan junk food at night when she's asleep. <laughs> so like we're not super whole foods plant based. We're we're vegan in the sense that we we still consume like junk food as long as it doesn't have animal products, you know. But for her, she's very like I don't have any concern. I don't think we have any concerns for her nutrition. And I feel like if we weren't vegan, just knowing how we ate before we were vegan, that definitely would be like a concern. I think people have that. They just put this picture in their mind when you do mention it. Because I have heard, like, as soon as, oh, the vegan is, what do you mean you're vegan and mm-hmm. you have a baby? Yeah. Oh, or you're vegan and you're pregnant? Like, that backlash is still there mm-hmm. because people are so close-minded and aren't accepting of, like, the research that has been shown to prove that the body does not need all of these animal like we're not those animals we're not cows we're not pigs we're not you know we're humans and those animals have like the milk Mm -hmm. is for a baby cow exactly you're literally stealing a baby cow's (laughs) you should be ashamed of yourself (laughs) (laughs) you think they're so cute yeah you're taking their milk taking their milk right exactly yeah let me ask you this question leilani what's been your biggest challenge to being vegan as far as going out in public like at work i definitely think kind of with what erica was saying that defense um that you always have to have a reason to say like why are you this or how come you're doing that it really sucks that we're in that day of age that we have to sit here and explain what we're doing because we really don't my choice is my lifestyle that i'm living and i'm happy with it i'm healthier at work the tough thing about it is that we, it's not tough because we get food, but our company does pay for our meals. So we get four meals a week and then groceries bought for us. So being vegan in the workplace is a little tough because not everyone is vegan. We do definitely have other people that are, are along the lines, but aren't 100% vegan like we are. And that's been the tough part because We'll get on shift and because I'm a manager, they're like, hey, Leilani, can we have this? And I'm like, oh, sorry, there's no vegan options there. And then they're like, oh, man. And then they have to start all over. That's been the toughest part. And sometimes like just to be fair, like, all right, guys, like I'll skip dinner today. You guys don't worry about it. But it's like if it was the opposite, they'd be throwing, you know. Yeah. And that's like people don't put themselves into other people's shoes. So it's like, well, I have a budget that is completely for me but however the company doesn't work individually so it's a group that needs to be putting together for a meal well i would have to pay for my own meal during those shifts when i'm just like hey no worries like you guys can have your meal well if anyone else does that then what do you mean i have to pay for my dinner tonight Mm -hmm. you know so that's kind of like that perspective that people don't sit there and realize just like you were saying when we go out with family we look for options that are for both, mm-hmm. but we can go to a restaurant for you because they have more options for you, but you don't want to go to a vegan restaurant because there's less options for you. However, the vegan restaurant is pretty much exactly what you eat on a regular basis, minus the meat. It's not like specialty or anything like that. And that's what's hard to explain to people is the vegan is no different than the day to day things that you eat. I eat the same rice that you eat. I just don't have chicken in mine. I eat the same broccoli that you eat. 
I just don't add extra cheese. Yeah. So people don't make that connection that it's not different type of food that I'm eating. It's an omitting something mm-hmm. that I don't that you eat. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And how was it with, you know, your daughter being vegan and going to the doctor? Did you guys get any shit from the doctor saying you shouldn't do this or you're doing it wrong or was there any advice given to you how to go about transitioning your daughter to vegan or a plant-based lifestyle Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) (laughs) well luckily our midwife so even though we went to a hospital we still received care from a home birth midwife she's vegan and she was able to help a lot with the nutrition during the pregnancy there are a few pediatricians here in vegas that won't really argue or make you defend. But with that in mind, I interviewed before I had her, I interviewed or like had a meet and greet with two pediatricians. One we hired. And then when we had our first newborn checkup, I was not pleased with the rapport that we had. So we discharged from their care. And we went to a family practice and they were very, very understanding of our dietary restrictions and our lifestyle but there was just something lacking some some level of care lacking I think just because it was a family practice they did all ages they weren't really geared towards infancy got you so we're now at a pediatrician that he he's just really laid back Mm -hmm. I don't think he doesn't care I don't I don't want to say he doesn't care but he's super laid back and he's just He's open to letting you do what you think is best for your life and your daughter's life. So it's been the most positive because the one pediatrician who we didn't end up hiring, it was mostly just because of just didn't fit well. Yeah. He was super nice. And the second one, the one that we did go to, he was okay with it, you know, like I had said. But he did say we'll have to check on her regularly. Which to me means like kind of nitpicking every appointment that we were to go to to see if she's like almost like like and I told you so type of way like to see is she meeting these milestones these physical like he wants to prove you wrong kind of and he said he was like well the babies need animal products and I was like where because you know where you want me to feed my baby some fucking dead flesh um and then you know unfortunately we were pressured to formula feed in the hospital and although they brought us um, soy based no it was just organic it was organic yeah it was organic we bought a soy based one when Mm -hmm. we got home so without getting into it like there was a lot of trauma around the the initial like first few hours um, being in the hospital up until our daughter was born. And so a lot of that does go into play with our lifestyle because we were definitely targeted as a difficult family to work with in the room that we were in. Nurses were not kind to us wow. and to me specifically. Isn't that you know? like against the rules? Like, I mean, it's unethical. Yeah, they like provi- unethical. yeah, they provided me with the utmost physical care. But, but it wasn't no heart behind yeah. it. It wasn't like, yeah. I'm human, you're human. Let me relate mm-hmm. to you at this moment. You're yeah. in pain. I'm going to help you with this pain. Exactly. And I was told like, oh, you guys are just, you're so green. And I was like, what does that mean? You know, so. What does that mean? <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I was like, I'm, I don't know. I'm a little brown. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was, it was disheartening. But what too. does that mean though? It means you're brand new. Yeah. But it's no, like anybody. She meant me. like that we were. 
we were too natural to be accepted in this, like, because we didn't trust their medical care that we were not going to receive any care from them. So, well, no, they, they did not give you the care though. So it's not that you wanted to not receive it. They weren't giving it to you. And that's frustrating, especially like you literally said it yourself. You're going through so much Mm -hmm. during that time point. And it's frustrating to hear that because that makes me sad, you know, as someone who is trying to get pregnant, Mm -hmm. that makes me scared to see what's going to be happening when I'm, because for me, I haven't done my research, but I really cannot see myself doing a home birth. So I know that the hospital is going to be my option. There's a new birth center opening. Oh. Yeah, with a nurse midwife. (laughs) Where is this? It's going to be on Jones right before the 95 entrance. Okay, that's right. They just passed legislative laws to have... A, like a birth center, a true birth center here. Nice. Are That's you going to cool. play any role in this? Try to. I'm not sure. Nice. I'm not sure. It might be something I can do, but um, I'm kind of keeping quiet right now. Nice. Well, in the birth community in public. Well, when yeah. you're ready to come on and share some news, let's <laughs> make sure you come on here and yeah. share it first. But no, a birth center would be a great middle ground, you know, because you would have that holistic care that you're searching for without having to defend, mm-hmm. you know. And, and that's that's yeah. what it is because you'd think oh these women are all going through the same process but just because of my choice I mean you see people that have their kids born with withdrawal mm-hmm. so you're telling me that the child that is vegan is not getting the same amount of care that the child that's going through withdrawal is mm-hmm. like they, a drug withdrawal mm-hmm. yeah it, it doesn't that doesn't make sense to me it's yeah. like special treatment yeah yeah we were it was it was weird and it, and it, you know a lot of it your diet when you're vegan your diet is just one part of that life you know it truly encompasses a full lifestyle and like i know for us it's it's also like a spiritual thing too you know and so it's when somebody comes at you just because you're like not eating a certain thing that's like really coming at like your whole being and with at least for me i don't know no that makes sense no like yeah it makes sense like i mean think about it, you're consuming dead flesh yeah exactly yeah. That shit is just it's nasty yeah. it's just sitting there if rotting you, in your body well, yeah. you sit there and like like if you were to leave like a steak out like in the sun for example like you would like after a couple hours maybe like after a day you would see like maggots coming from it well if you sit there and like observe like what was going on with that steak for like that whole hour or that whole day period, maybe flies come around and maybe they don't. So then you have to ask yourself, where did these you know maggots come from? Were they already inside? Mm. Were they planted? Like, yes. so it's just really weird. Like, it's just not okay. Like, as a guy or as a man, what's your take on being vegan and the consumption <laughs> of tofu? I eat tofu. I eat fake meat, for example, but I try to limit to that as much as possible. We know that um, consuming high levels of uh, tofu also increases the amount of estrogen produced in the male body. So we try to, I do my best to try to limit that, you know, because then it creates an imbalance in you. Then you act a certain way and it's just like it throws everything off. Nice. Another question. How is it feeding a vegan family? Does it get expensive? No, it gets expensive when you start buying the fake meat, the the junk junk food. food going out to eat and stuff mm-hmm. like that so yeah. it's really expensive like when we first started it was just us two 
I think we were spending somewhere between fifty to seventy dollars a week. Nice, that's so, not bad at all. Yeah. Because a lot of people hear vegan, they think organic, whole foods. Mm-hmm. They think I gotta go to Trader Joe's. Nah. I go to those places, but they're not necessary. Nah. You know, our local shops here in the area, mm-hmm. Smiths, Albertsons. Go to the ninety nine cent store. Man. Yeah, ninety nine cent store. The ninety nine cent store and the Mexican or Asian markets. Oh yes, yes. for sure. And get that produce. Yes. And then go to like Sprouts and get your like your extra things things that you need. And then there comes up with like us being like minorities and and some of some minorities living in like low income areas and veganism not being like accessible. There's so many. I can't speak of it because we live in an accessible area. We don't live in a food desert. North Vegas. But there's, there's a none. lot. Yeah. Um, on Twitter, there's some vegan, like, home chefs that just have ebooks. And one of them, I can't remember her name, but I can send you, like, the link and you can put it up or whatever. Cool. But she writes a lot on how to be vegan in a low income food desert area. Nice. Um, and she's black too. So it's honestly, I think it's like, it's not as inaccessible as people make it out to seem. And going back to, like, the culture thing of it, like, being from Latina heritage and stuff, like, there's this book called Decolonize Your Diet, and it's on, like, how our ancestors, yes, they consumed meat, but their diet was mostly plant-based, and a huge part of it was was spiritual as well, you know, like, just raising the vibrations of, like, your energy and stuff, and getting back to, like, what your ancestors ate. It's really funny you mentioned mm-hmm. that because my family and I went to Mexico to visit my dad's side of the family mm-hmm. last year. When we went out there, my mom the whole time was really worried for me. She's like, I just don't know if the options out there are mm-hmm. going to be, you know, how, how it's going to be. And it was super cool because my aunt, she actually does a lot of cooking at home. Mm-hmm. And she was going through her recipes and she was preparing for me to be visiting her. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I was out there, everything, there was some kind of meal that yeah. she had for me That's and it awesome. was great yeah. i think because of my mom and how she was it was making me nervous mm-hmm. to be like oh like really like will there not be options for me out there <laughs> and when i went i mean she she even had bought soy to make me ceviche and mm-hmm. i had never had it that in that uh-huh. soy. Yeah. and so that was super awesome yeah. and she made a bunch of salads and soups and everything was great and yeah. so i don't even know why I was nervous because, I mean, I know how to feed myself out here. Mm-hmm. Where Was it you that... or your mom nervous? I was nervous because oh, okay. my mom was making me nervous. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's that secondhand nerve. <laughs> nice. Wow, this has been an awesome discussion so far. I've been very pleased with our first podcast. This has been awesome. So, back to Martine. What's up, man? I don't know, man. What's up with you, man? Not much, man. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on with you, man? Watching your soccer over here? No, nah, it's done, done. It's done? Who, who won? Uh, nobody. It was a tie. Speaking of soccer, you got What's any um, games coming up with your club? Uh, so right now, uh, I coach high school level boys for club soccer. So there is no soccer league right now for the high schoolers because there's high school season. Okay. So a lot of what happens is um, this period is dead for most high schooler teams. So, for example, I coach 04, so anything above 05 now, actually. So anybody that was born in the year 05, 04, 03, 02, 01. They don't have any regular season games because there's no soccer going on right yeah. now. Because a lot of them go to high schools, and this is when they they have their, their soccer season. Oh, so a lot of these players are playing for the high school now, yeah. so they're not missing out on anything. They're no, still doing what they, they want to do. They kind of are. They, 
I mean, they're still playing soccer, but it's just like, like the quality of the coaching that they get, the quality of the competition, and the quality of like the, the ref quality is better in um, club soccer for sure because okay. um, we really don't. There is no really way to like measure certain qualifications for anybody to coach at like any level. So, for example, like my brother, he's my assistant coach. He was coaching the girls team beforehand, but he really was just coaching there. He didn't have any licensing. He really didn't have any coaching experience. He didn't have any of that. So, like, when I got into the coaching field, like, I had to get a special license provided by U.S. Soccer and coach. And now I'm trying to get a higher certification. So, there's different levels. You move up. And then at a certain level, you can go pro action and coach at a national level or, uh, like, a pro team level. Is that something you're working towards? Yeah. It's just nice. difficult, like, right now because um, they offer certain courses that you have to travel out of state to or, the like, to get the license. It's, like, really expensive. So, Again, like those uh, coaches that coach soccer for like the, the school, or the high school, they may have the best intention, but they really, I, I've rarely seen a coach that like actually talks to their team like in a technical way. Like when okay. I talk to my team, like I break it down every Friday, we sit, we go to a classroom and we basically go over X's and O's, talk about plays, talk about mistakes. We talk about that. Like it's like a classroom setting. And then after that, we go and practice. So it's the detail shit you're yeah. going over with them. Yeah, and it's just, just kick the ball, yeah, run. Pretty much. And then, like, I uh, also do, like, lesson plans almost. Like, I plan out what we're going to do for every session, wh- what is themed around, who it's going to be impacting. So that's the kind of quality that, you know, that someone that maybe license brings. Not everybody does that. You know, just, like, that's that actual, like, little my extra mile that I go to provide nice. that service for my kids. And how do you go about making sure these student-athletes are maintaining their grades to Man, make sure that because I'm not, <laughs> because I'm not at of, the school. A lot of people I know, like sports players, are young kids. They suck academically, and they, these students they want to be professionals at the sports. And like you know, there's a good chance that you may not be a professional, so you need to have a backup plan. Well, are you ensuring that in these kids as it's well? Just, so I'm not out of the school, but like I said, I work at okay, the boys and girls right. club, so it's really difficult for me to like stay on people's grades because. I can't check their grades first off. Yeah. And then even if I can check the grades, like I'm not at the school to do anything about it. Yeah. So it's really difficult. Luckily, we've had really good, like the last three years, I've had a pretty good group of kids that have been able to keep their grades for the most part. We've made playoffs two years in a row, hopefully third year. This last year, we moved past the first round into semifinals and the school has never done that before in the soccer program. So that's pretty cool. So I'm just hoping to keep this momentum going moving forward. But man, it's just, it's been a challenge with the great stuff like that. Like I try to tell, tell my kids, like, I, I hate school. I never like going to school. I, I didn't play did. my senior season because of grades as well. So I can't really talk can't to be you. Like, person. <laughs> hey, make sure you're doing your yeah, shit. Yeah, I was like, no, no, like coach, you didn't even have the grades. I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard to be that person. Do as I say, not as I do. Exactly. <laughs> that's how it should be. Uh, yeah. But, um, no, nah, man, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, it's been interesting to it's say It's interesting, least. yeah. I try nice. to tell my kids, uh, you know, if they like soccer, there are different avenues that they could pursue soccer in while they try to pursue a soccer career. It's just about them getting that part. Yeah. Do you look at that impact that you're doing on these kids? Because I know when I was just in high school and mm-hmm. just had like a regular school coach, I remember my coaches being super supportive and very inspiring do you realize that impact that you're giving for these kids that's awesome it's yeah it is awesome i see it more at the club level because i see the kids there like i talk to their parents more um at the high school level like again like we don't see a lot of parents because it's high school and a lot of my kids are mexican so their parents are rarely involved how do you think that affects them do you think it makes a big impact 
it's neglectful. Like it, it kind of sucks. Like if we could have more support that end, we could get more people, more of these guys clear to play more. So before they even get to play, like on a, like their first game, we just had our first game Wednesday. I had to get these guys cleared, and there's a whole like process. They had to create a red, like a online account. They had to go get licensed. They had to get a physical. They had to turn in a packet. Make sure all this stuff is filled. And what happens a lot of time, these kids are just out there doing it by themselves. They're like, oh, mom, my soccer season's coming up. My first game's like in three weeks. I need to get physical so I can get clear. So they'll go and with the parent will get the physical, but they're filling out most of it by themselves. They're creating these online accounts by themselves. And a lot of times what happens is we get a lot of error, not just in the like soccer. We also see it in the, the volleyball, which is going on right now for girls and the football season right now because that's what's also going on right now at high school but it's just it's a pain man if we had more parents there it would be a lot smoother process because now they're helping their kids trying to get why them. do you think the parents are not there involved what do you think is stopping them from being involved in there and that, that's a whole deeper darker <laughs> <laughs> that's the conversation, conversation for another episode <laughs> yeah man it just sucks man like a lot of these it's just displacement honestly there's no resource fairs or like uh, it's just difficult man like if you're a parent that's already like doing your best to like put clothes on food at your kid's table like that's what usually the general sense is like as you are being a good parent are some of these parents is there a language barrier that's stopping uh, from coming not out with as well? me because i speak spanish okay. you know and luckily we we haven't had any foreign exchange students before we've had um like when i was going to mojave high school we had a foreign exchange program and there were kids from Germany that played on the team. There was a kid from Norwegian that played on our team, but his, like he had a host family and they usually spoke English or Spanish. So we were able to get them cleared, for example. Okay. But now it's like, we don't have that. Um, but so I don't have that issue. Got you. But man, it's nice. Just, you know. But on um, speaking of that, like there is definitely maybe not a language barrier with him and his team's parents, but there's a cultural barrier. There's a disconnect between the school district and parents, you know. Yeah, um, definitely. So, how I do you think, think we can bridge that gap? Oh, That's it'll take a lot of work. A lot Tear of work. it all down and rebuild it. Rebuild yeah. it. <laughs> a lot of work. I don't think people. I mean, even just from the root of it, people don't even know that there's communities in Las Vegas, you know? So, right? I get people, you live in Vegas on a strip? Yeah. What hotel do you live in? And like, that has a lot to do with like the community. And then because. There's focus on elsewhere in the city, uh, the strip, for mm-hmm. example, than education. And we're literally last on the list. And that's horrible. Yeah. Bottom five. That sucks. Mm-hmm. That's why you definitely want to be vegan. <laughs> be, vegan. <laughs> be vegan. I got a question for all you guys. I'll answer it separately. This kind of will wrap up our show, too. Starting with, let's go with Leilani. Give me your definition of family values. Oh. I think um, family values definitely come from the heart and you just in your relationship have to see what's most important. And when you get that initial like what weight you want to weigh on certain things for us, it's definitely communication and love and support. And without those three things, you don't have a foundation. And I think those three items are very, very important, especially communication without the communication you're not on the same page so i think that having some foundation helps to create where you want to end up and having that love supportive communication openness in a family is really really important nice nice erica <laughs> you're gonna make me cry <laughs> 
family values, like Lilani said, like it, it comes definitely from the heart. I think it starts with each individual member of your family, and that can extend to like immediate family, extended family. I truly view like my husband and my daughter as my main family at this point in my life. So the values that we share as a couple that are going to be poured into our child and maybe future children. And then our individual selves, you know, like the values we have individually kind of overlap. So it's really this like growth of the individual, like a ripple, not a growth, but like a ripple of the individual in each family bleeding into like rippling into each other, creating this like unit of of everybody's values and everybody's identity and everybody's like sense of emotion and stuff. Nice. Awesome. And a man of the hour. <laughs> um, I mean, a lot of the stuff I said I can agree with. Um, I think the biggest one is just like a creating a network of support. That's the biggest thing. Nice. We don't necessarily just out there always agree on what we do, but at least if there's some understanding on why we do it and try to work things out. Nice. And how about for you? Right. <laughs> for me, I would definitely have to say this is towards you guys' family in general. I've learned a lot about family values from you guys' family, you know, because growing up in my family, that's not no diss towards my family. A lot of African-American families are very disconnect because of whatever the reason they may be. Every family is different. So with that being said, you guys have taught me a lot as far as the upbringing of family, what that means. Starting out with the grandparents, the abuelitos and abuelitos, you know. So seeing that, bringing me around to it, I appreciate it. It's taught me so much. It's yeah. taught me that no matter what's going on in your family, you can still function as a family and still move together as one solid piece. And that's something that my family doesn't have a lot of. You know, your family, you guys got uncles that don't necessarily agree with shit, but you would never notice that because... They're still in the same house. When it comes to celebrating their parents' birthdays, they're mm. there. For the nieces, nephews, their childrens, they're there. Vacations, they're there. You know, like tonight, they're going yeah. up to fucking Mount Charleston. Like, I know. That's fucking, that's, that's cool as shit. You know, yeah. like, not a lot of families do that. So to me, family values is, you know, time you spend with each other, communication that you have with each other, letting that person know that you're there for them, even when, you know, you're a thousand miles away. You saw that with Joanna, you know, she called a few times throughout her vacation and you were there for her. So no matter the distance in between, knowing that you can pick up the phone, an email, a text message, no matter what it is, you can always reach out and have that support and have that helping hand that's going to be there with you. A lot of people don't know Erica's mm -hmm. father, Hector, he married me and my wife. Mm -hmm. That was a special moment in our lives because... You know, you had someone there on a personal level to connect with you and understand you, not just, hey, I'm going to pay you to come on or pay you to come on to our wedding and, mm -hmm. you know, marry us. So to me, family values is, you know, time spent, communication and being able to lean on each other when mm -hmm. you need help, even when you don't need help. That's funny you said, Davion, because like my family is way different. Like, I think my family's more in tune with yours than really? with theirs. Yeah. And you like, got a black family. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, I got a like uh like a fresh off the border family, and it's just a whole different dynamic. Like uh, so like I I can relate. Like my parents are around; they're not necessarily involved. Mm. My parents like 
like they don't necessarily talk to everybody in their family like they'll say what up they'll do like a cookout every now and then but that's as far as like the extent of that goes hmm. you know so it, i it's been interesting for sure to see like the dynamic between their family and comparison and mine so it's not just a black and mexican thing it's no. a, just it's a human thing yeah man you have white families that are the same way so let me rephrase that i guess it's not just a race thing it's a human thing all families are disconnected in some way Mm -hmm. but this family has definitely taught me a lot so i appreciate you guys and it's been an awesome show it has thank you (laughs) we're gonna let it ride out with a little bit of beat that my wife doesn't want me to play normally (laughs) it's kind of like my outro I i just like it it's just a cool little vibe you know so honestly guys really thank you guys for coming on it's been a pleasure rocking out with you guys um next time you guys come on we're going to incorporate some video into this so we can do our youtube channel um so definitely it's been a pleasure looking forward to having you guys on again you guys enjoy you guys have joined us on another episode of scattered thoughts unfiltered i'm davion this is leilani erica and martin have a good day guys bye-bye